welcome to the Stand Up To Anxiety podcast. I'm your host, Lucy J. Smith, and I'm here to help you with your own anxiety after my struggles. This podcast is full of practical, simple tips and techniques to help you stand up to anxiety. For more support, resources, and to become a member of the Mental Wellness Club, please go to my website, lucyjsmith.com. On today's episode, I'm joined with Dr. Amanda Chan to talk all about healing the vagus nerve. So to start with, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit and let us know how you got into this work? Sure. So thank you for having me. Um, I am a chiropractor, but I don't practice the traditional chiropractic techniques. And so I use a very light touch and gentle approach um, to working with somebody. And I also teach tools and strategies to help the nervous system because throughout my career as a chiropractor, I found that people's nervous system had a big indication on how they heal. Perfect. So can you just explain briefly what the vagus nerve is? Because like I know for me personally, I had to do a little bit of research into it to find out how it is. So some of my listeners might not have heard of it before, might not have much experience. So could you just explain as simply as possible um, how like what it is and, and how it works. Sure. So the vagus nerve is what we call a cranial nerve, which means it comes from the brain and it goes to innervate um, a lot of organs in your body. So it goes into the throat. It has branches that go into the um, lungs and into the stomach. And you have a vagus nerve on each side. So you actually have two, right? And it is what we call the master controller of something called the sympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is the fight, flight, stress response, freeze and fawn, but it's your stress response. So it's how you respond to stress. And then the sympathetic, um, sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest. And the vagus nerve, it plays a huge role when you're resting, when you're digesting and when you're healing your body. Okay, yeah, that makes so much more sense when you put it like that. Um, so how does this have a direct impact on anxiety and how might it show up in the lives of people that struggle with anxiety day to day? Sure. So if your vagus nerve isn't well regulated or not functioning properly, it has a hard time switching from that stress sympathetic response into your parasympathetic, your rest and your digest response. And so even though you might be trying to relax or trying to do your meditations, um, you know, or whatever it is that you use to help you with your anxiety. If your vagus nerve isn't working well, it doesn't help. Okay. So are there any things that could potentially help change that? Or is that just something that you can't really have much control over? So you can learn to regulate your nervous system again. Um, The challenge is that it takes time. So it's like learning a new skill. Okay. And this is because um, our nervous system developed in utero. So while you were in your mom's stomach, you started developing your spinal cord, you had your ears, you could hear things, you know, and you started to, um, that's when things started to develop. And so while you were in your utero, you wanted to come out or you know, the way that you were designed is so that when you come out, you're ready for your environment that you were going to be born into. So if mom was under a lot of stress during your pregnancy, you would feel the same 
hormones and the same cortisol and the same adrenaline that she felt. And so your nervous system would develop in a certain way, right? And if you were inside your, the womb and you heard a lot of fighting, your nervous system would also react so that when you came out, you were prepared for the environment that you would come out into. Oh, that's really interesting. So what are a few things that we can do now to help kind of reverse that or change that? Yeah. So one of the techniques I like the best is when you to ask yourself if something is a real or a perceived threat. Okay. So when you feel like your blood pressure is increasing or like your heart rate's increasing or your palms are getting sweaty, when you're responding in a way that you might try and run away from something or freeze, uh, then you need to ask yourself, is this real or not? So in the real response, meaning, is this endangering my life right now, right? Is a lion or a tiger currently chasing me? And if it's not, then it goes into the perceived threat. And so you're not actually in danger. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that a lot of us with anxiety struggle with, like trying to be able to tell the difference between what actually is dangerous and what just feels like it, it is. For sure. And like, it could simply be an email that sets you, sets you off, right? And then in your mind, you have to go, is this real? And logically, we know an email isn't going to kill us, right? Even though we might not want to open it, right? Yeah. Um, but if we are in danger of our life, we do want the sympathetic nervous system to kick in. Yeah, definitely. So I know something that you were keen to talk about was the development of the nervous system and how it plays a role in our perception. So could you just explain a little bit about that and how that might show up in our lives? Yeah. So um, how I was saying is if your nervous system was developed in utero and you came out in a certain way, then you will have the hormones, the same um, cortisol and all the stress response that your family or would have as well. And so that plays a role in how you see things because you're already wired a certain way coming out. And then based on, you know, the early years and what the dy dynamics were in your family, you're further cementing that into your nervous system. So until the age of about six, your mind is pretty open and you accept everything that you hear as fact. So if somebody tells you, uh, you know, we see this a lot in people with financial issues, like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and like, you know, all these things like that, the mm. false beliefs, um, then we can have that cemented into our body and into the nervous system for us to feel that that's true, even though it might not be. Yeah, definitely. I think in general as well, like the things our parents say in school teachers and family members that that it, it becomes our own beliefs isn't it and I know that's something that's helped me to struggle with my anxiety because you don't necessarily get the support that you need and the reassurance that you need so that can obviously have a knock-on effect as well absolutely like your community plays a huge role in whether you feel safe or not right and then the more safe that you feel the less anxious you will be yeah definitely so what is one tip you would give someone listening to get started with healing the vagus nerve if they've literally never heard of it, this is the first time they've heard of it, what can they do to get started? So some of the techniques that we like is there's different, a lot of different tools and strategies and based on how, what you feel works best for you, 
Um, and so if you don't know, you got to try a bunch of different ones. Uh, then I'll list off a few. So people like to do walking in nature and reconnecting with the nature. Um, some people like meditation. Some people like to journal their thoughts. Um, other people like cold therapy, such as taking a cold shower. Okay, um, laughing is a huge one for the vagus nerve. So anything that makes you laugh, if you have like like to watch comedy, if you have your favorite um, movies that you like to watch, then laughing is absolutely huge at calming down the nervous system. That's really interesting. So many of those that you just mentioned are, are ones that I use regularly just to help me with my anxiety and to calm my symptoms. So it seems like there's a really big overlap between the two things that... Um, that I talk about a lot on this podcast are things that also would heal the vagus nerve, but I didn't actually know that at the time of recording those podcast episodes. Yes, it's brilliant. It's actually a lot of things that you would normally do to help calm anxiety, help um, change the way that you're feeling in a certain moment or to get different emotions or to get your body, like the chi running in your body to be different are very similar. Yeah, definitely. And like, it always just comes back to like, if we spend time on rest and relaxation and self care and looking after ourselves and self help habits like mindfulness and journaling, and obviously, it's only going to have a positive impact on our mental wellness overall anyway. For sure. And so a, a lot of those exercises, they help you build awareness. And that is the key to changing the state that you are in. Right. Once you're aware of something like let's say you observe how you're being or you observe certain thoughts that you've been having over and over again, then you can choose a different thought. But if you're not aware of it, then you can't choose something different. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on and answering all my questions. I hope that it's really helped everyone listening. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we finish up? Yeah, one of my mottos is the doctor determines the diagnosis, the patient figures out the prognosis. So just because someone told you you had something or that something else is going on in your life and you look up on Google and everything is grim, it doesn't mean that that has to be your history or your future. Oh, I love that. That's a really, really good motto to live by. Thank you for listening. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you love this podcast and find it useful, please leave a review. I absolutely love reading them so much. Head over to my website to stay in touch, lucyjsmith.com.